Welcome back, everybody. This is The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. It is now time for Encounter with God, which means that we're going to be doing our Bible study, which I'm super excited about this morning, the first school, which is going to be... It's pretty good. First, first school on it is really, really yeah. good, good series so far. Um, so we're going to be we're going to be talking about that. Before we do, we have another clue for our quiz. We should do. So there's a what creature am I quiz? Clue number four. The second time Noah sent this creature from the ark, this creature returned with an olive leaf. What was the creature that did this? Noah sent it out the second time. Uh, to send it out, and the second time it returned with an olive leaf. Give us a call one eight hundred three two four. 843 or text us on 0491-064669. And, of course, the prize today is the Metamorphosis DVD, which is all about butterflies, which are honestly the most fascinating creatures on Earth. So incredible. Absolutely. Fragile, small, simple. I mean, when they flap their wings, it's almost like they have no weight to have leverage against and the body goes up and down as much as the wings go up and down. Do you ever sort of get that impression? I kind of feel like when a butterfly, it looks like it flaps its wings and when it flaps its wings, it pushes its body up through the air. That's exactly what it looks like, yeah. I used to be fascinated just, by them as kids. Because it's just like there's 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 no weight there's there. No- how, how do you, what, do you, what do you get leverage against? Yeah. And yet they're so strong for what they are. Uh-huh. They're amazing. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, they're very cool creatures. They are. So you want to find out all about them, Metamorphos DVD will just absolutely amaze you. Absolutely. Um, and that's the prize for today. So do give us a call. Um, of course, this is our first day back since uh, the long weekend. It feels like a long time because we weren't here before that too. Yeah, we had a couple of days off yeah. last week. It feels like it's been a long time since I've been on the radio, which like it was actually lovely to have a couple of days off. I had lots that I had to get done and it was helpful. But I don't came- feel like I had a couple of days off because I had TV both days. Oh. So I just didn't stop presenting. <laughs> yeah, true. But what it was, what it was nice, it was nice to do TV mm. – not having already done two hours of presenting beforehand, mm, and I found that my you. my TV was definitely um, definitely sharper, <laughs> definitely sharper. So that was kind of cool, but um, yeah. So we had a couple of days off. We hope you enjoyed Robbie Bergen while we were away. Mm. Uh, he had some fantastic programs. I think Robbie comes on every Monday after the show, so probably not on this week because of the public holiday. But um, that is a new show here on Faith FM, new staff at Faith FM doing his uh, weekly show. Uh, so do catch Robbie whenever you can. And, uh, yeah, apparently apparently we were kind of nobody home there for an hour or so Um on the uh, on the app. Oh no! Um, yesterday, uh, a little bit of a glitch there, but oh no! Liam Liam on his day off <gasps> came in, made the effort, came in and got us back on air. Hey, well done, you, Go, Liam. Taking it for the team. What a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> All right, so that's uh, that's all been happening. Uh, I think that's all of our announcements and where we're up to. And uh, let's get into our Bible study. Let's go to. Nobody let's go to. Yep, we've, we've, we've done our we've done our quiz. See, daylight saving is is, is hitting hard here this morning. <laughs> Everybody's like, what is sure is. <laughs> What's going on? I'm too asleep. <clears throat> Whereas I'm just like, yes, it has arrived at last. I've been waiting all year for it. Do you know how I know I'm an uh, an extrovert? Is because I will be like exhausted, like literally until we started speaking this morning. I was like, I'm just tired. Yes, <laughs> Minnie, Minnie walked in. There was no <laughs> smile on her face. There was no spring in her step. There was no joy exuding from her. 
The mics went live. And there was Minnie. Well, it's because we're talking to people. Like, <laughs> it's a problem, look. <laughs> uh, this is, this is, this is um, the advantage of being an extrovert. Okay, so today's Bible study all about the first family, mm. uh, the first uh, school system on earth apart from the one that God had, of course, but the one, first one run by human beings. Yep. Uh, the system of ed- education established in Eden centred in the family. Adam was the son of God, and it was from the father that the children of the highest received instruction. Theirs, in the truest sense, was a family school. Mm. Did you ever go to a family school? I don't know what that means. Homeschool? Oh, I did, actually. Oh, you did? (laughs) How many years did you do homeschool for? Oh, not long. My mum was like, (laughs) I'm going to slaughter this child. (laughs) Mum and I are great, but... um, we have just enough differences and just enough similarity that we clash like crazy, particularly when I was younger. So she was like, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> uh, so it was probably like not even a year. <laughs> but it was good. It was good. Oops. Did you do homeschooling? Well, vaguely. I know you left school. I just did no schooling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so grew up in the bush. Didn't go to school until I was eight, I think. I started in year four. Well, actually, yeah. started in year one, in year four. Yeah. By the end of that first year, I went through year one, two, three, four yeah. and caught up. Um, and so I did schooling kind of running around the bush being a kid up oh, until that particular point. It's a great which was kind of education. Epic. Or um, the other things that I did for school up until then was help build a house. Although my brother did a lot more of that than what I did because I was just, I was 18 months younger. And so. He was usually the one that got called on to come and hold something. Yeah, yeah. And but I did do a lot of school in the garden. It's a lot of agriculture. We had a massive garden. Like that's amazing. We were basically self-sufficient garden that level. Mate, between building a house and a garden, I actually think you cover a lot of what people would say content matter for education. The best education. It's the best, and it's all authentic and real. Absolutely, the best. Um, I remember that by the time, and and the other thing that see, I had had like I had like the best parents. Yeah, that's cool. My you my, my, my mum died when I was young, which was, but up until that point, mm. um, the other thing that they used to do was read to us, like twice a day. We'd have morning and evening worship, mm. and it wasn't just a matter of you know read a few verses from the Bible. They would sit us on their lap and read to us with the book in their in their hands, um, and then on Saturday afternoons. There was always several hours dedicated to just reading a book. Amazing, yeah. Now, I don't ever remember learning to read, but by the time I got to school, I was a fluent reader. Wait, so would you just kind of, with your eyes, follow along as they were reading? Is that what you mean? I think so. Mm. I don't know. I think I learnt to read the way I learnt to speak. Imitation. Just, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but by the time, yeah, and by the time I was in year five, I was reading... Like full blown books, yeah. Um, and they're like, "Yeah, this is year twelve level." I'm like, "It's great. I'm enjoying it." <laughs> I remember I was a bit similar because we, my family, also massive readers. Same thing. Like every oh, it's the best. Oh, the best. And I think because 
for us, so there was a few years when I was quite young um, where we lived with my mum's parents and they were also massive readers. And it was just like the best family night. It is. It was like, and Friday night, particularly for us. I mean, you know, it's through the week, particularly Friday, Saturday. Um, and when we were young, obviously it was our parents read to us. And then every day, like mum always did, you know, would reading Bible to us uh, for family worship. But Friday night was often a story, like it could be a missionary story, it could be, you know, whatever. And I distinctly remember I used to not like to – I mean, I could listen, but I really liked to follow along with my eyes. Um, and when I was in grade three, um, I remember my teacher really intentionally was giving me harder spelling work because she was like, oh, you're like at grade six or grade seven level, which was like really not a big deal. Yeah. But I I was like, what do you mean? Of course I'm not. Um, isn't this how we all read? Like it didn't make sense to me just because I was used to having words and used to having language at home all the time. And I remember, yeah, my brother coming home once when, I don't know, I guess he was in grade, probably eight. If I was in grade three, he was in grade eight. And his spelling words, I was like, I know how to spell these. Man, you guys must be dumb. You know, like as you do when you're a kid, you're just like, old people are dumb. Because because I just read so much, I was used to it. Like Uh it actually wasn't that I was particularly brilliant or academic. It was just an environment I was exposed to so much. Yep. Mm. And so my advice would be um, keep screens out of the home until your kids are – in high school. That's mm. what we did with my kids. That was what I grew up with. Um, we had a rule for my kids when they were growing up. You're not allowed to be inside if it's not raining. Dude, that's the best rule. That's, just, <laughs> that's and, you so know, good. And if you ask my kids what their favourite present they ever got when they were kids was, was a pile of dirt. <laughs> Truckload of dirt, backed up, dumped it in the middle of the yard mm. and they just played in that for years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about your experiences growing up. How did you learn to read? What was your first school like? Did you have a family-based school? We would love to hear from you. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Okay, so the family is where education begins. Mm. And, of course, those of us who have families, we need to make that a priority. Those of us um, who are, um, yeah, thinking of having a family, then... Think about how can you actually make this uh, a real thing. Let's go to a few verses here. Uh, we're going to start in Genesis. Ooh, let me see here. There's some really good verses. <laughs> good options. Um, let's go to Second Corinthians. Let's go to Second oh, Corinthians. Okay. Yep. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, we'll go there. Second <laughs> Corinthians. You know, what I was going to say just as I was listening to you speak. I think. You know, no matter what your family background is, the fact of the matter is kids are always learning from their families. That's right. But what the content and quality of that education is. Yes. What, be what is different. it that they are learning? Exactly. Yeah. They will learn 100%, but, you know. Yep. Um, where am I going, sorry? Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 4, verse 6. All righty. So mine says, Dear brothers and sisters, I have used Apollos and myself to illustrate what I've been saying. If you pay attention to what I've, what I have quoted from the scriptures, you won't be proud of one of your leaders at the expense of another. Is this the right thing? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, for what gives you the right to make such a judgment? What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything you have is a gift from God, uh, if you have everything you have, wait, 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 wait. You're in chapter four. Yes. How many verses have you read? Six. Uh, it's just this is verse seven. Okay. Where am just, I going just, to? just verse six. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah. All right, so that was, if you pay attention, you won't be proud of your leaders 
Yeah, you won't be proud of one of your leaders at the expense of another. That was the end of verse six. And and I think this is um, I think the beginning of verse six is the part that um, where the, the the lesson really wants us to focus in on, where Paul and Apollos were educators. Mm. The largest form of their education was what they modelled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, if you read those um, the first half of that verse, there it's like, okay, this is this is who we are. This is how we lived. This mm. is what we did, and we are modelling. Which really comes down to the down to what you were talking about. All children are educated by their parents, absolutely. And the vast majority of the education that they will ever receive is from their parents. And ninety percent of everything that they ever learn, they're going to learn in the first three years of their life. So no pressure. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. <laughs> um, you know, and this raises some interesting issues because some people say, "Well, I, you know, I don't." I don't do any kind of discipline with my children until they are older than three because I need to be able to reason with them. Nah. That's how to have a horror of a parenthood and to make a rod for your back and you're just going to find – you're going to have hard, hard life right through until when your children leave home. Mm. Uh, The majority of discipline should take place before the age of three. By the age of three, by the time that by the time they've finished their third year of life and they're turning four, ninety percent of your discipline should be done. Hmm. And discipline is just a form of education. That's all it is. Um, and so, you know, those are the those are the early years, and it's tough in those first three years. I get that because. It, it's just hard work from a whole lot of perspectives, but that's part of having kids. That's what you sign up for when you have kids. And if you do the hard yards then, oh. Makes it all easier after. Absolutely. Mm. You know, people talk about the challenge of raising teenagers. Teenage years are the best years. Hands down, there is, there is no period in my children's life that I enjoyed more than the teenage years. But do you think that's because of the work you put in at the start? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm not patting myself on the back and saying, hey, I did a perfect job. I didn't do a perfect job. And, yeah, we had some tough times and all the rest. But if you put in the hard yards early, mm. the teen years are going to be a breeze. That makes sense, though. That actually makes a lot of sense to me. Mm. Mm. Anyway, uh, let's have a look at a few more verses here. Let's go to Luke chapter 10 and verse 27. Luke 10 and verse 27. Okie Says Luke ten. Okay, it says the man answered, um, "You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself." Okay, so when you stop and um, look at this particular, what, what does this teach us about? Uh, what are the okay? The, the the question is, what do the following texts teach? And why would these surely have been a part of the education that Adam and Eve imparted to their children? Well, this is definitely a love your love God with everything. It's not just intellectual. Um, you know, your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind. That's that's every aspect of your life. And so, when we're talking about Adam and Eve educating their children, you know, uh, Garden of Eden, post garden, well, post Garden of Eden, but you know, in the antediluvian world, this is the foundation right here. Mm, absolutely. The foundation and the purpose of all education is redemption. Mm-hmm. And redemption is all based around love. And, um, and and the reason for that, of course, is because, you know, we talk about the three R's, reading, writing, arithmetic, etc., and the importance that they have in our world. But 
you know, I, I like the uh, the illustration of um, Paddy, and he's rowing his boat, and he's rowing, he's, uh, he's, he's rowing some people ashore. This is back in the days when uh, you caught ships. Mm-hmm. And so he's got these two uh, scientists, and he's, he's, he's rowing them ashore to do some scientific research. And uh, he's just a simple sailor. That's all he is, just a simple sailor. Uh, and as he's rowing the guys ashore, one of them asks them, oh, Paddy, you know, because they're scientists and they mm-hmm. think they're pretty good and they're, <laughs> they're you know, pretty much um, uh, very proud of themselves. Um, and w- what do you know about geology? And Paddy's like, nothing. <laughs> and uh, the other one's like, oh, what do you know about um, physics? He's like, nothing. <laughs> and like, oh. Yeah, because the first guy's like, oh, you don't know anything about geology. Well, you know, half your life is gone. Now they go, oh, you don't know anything about physics. Half your life is gone. You know, a big wave comes over and tips the boat over. Mm-hmm. And so Paddy's like, what do you guys know about swimology? <laughs> and they're both like, nothing. He's like, well, both your lives are gone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just a very simple yeah. It's a very simple thing here we can focus our education on learning all kinds of things if we miss the purpose and the center of true education which is redemption Mm -hmm. this is the this is the purpose of education you can be the most educated lost person on the planet oh yeah absolutely what have you what has your education done for you it's done nothing for you yeah one of my – I had a lecturer. It was um, for teaching biblical studies and I just remember her saying this one time, which I just – I loved what she said. She was like, we've got to remember with – I mean, I'm studying primary teaching. We've got to remember with their curriculum, we are not teaching content. We are teaching children. We are using content to teach the children. And I just – I love that she articulated it like that way because I'm just like, oh, curriculum. I actually – I get why you have it. But that she was like, we're, like, we're teaching flesh and blood. Yes, we're going to use tools and means to do that, but let's not forget the who and why and what, like all the purpose behind it. And I yes. think, yeah, don't even worry about are you in a classroom or you're not. All teaching of anything you're doing, it's not – sometimes it is about the information. Like obviously, yes, like we want to learn to swim, we want to there learn is, to do this. There is, there is important information that needs to be learned. You know, like, and geology and physics is amazing. Absolutely. absolutely. You know, yeah. like information is fantastic. Like it's, it's going to help you survive in the world. Um but that isn't the core, like you're saying. Like, what did you just say? You can be the most educated lost person or something? Yeah. And then what's the point? Exactly. Mm. That's okay. good. I like that. All right. So uh, a couple of uh, messages coming in. Uh, somebody's uh, messaging in for the uh, for the quiz, but they're not Ooh. taking the prize. So they have the answer correct. Oh, so another, another, another one for bragging rights right there. Um, we have um, – oh, looks like we do have a winner for the prize. Stuart oh, from Coffs cool. Point. Uh, so Coffs, we say, uh, Stuart from Coffs Harbour. Coffs Harbour. <laughs> I get there. And uh, the answer was doves. Doves. The creature was doves. So we're going to have another um, opportunity to win a prize here in just a moment. So another uh, quiz will be starting. But um, somebody mentioned that, you know, just talking about my childhood, your childhood, I'm not sure which, but probably mine, was um, much like Old Testament times. And that's true. And I think my parents intentionally did that. Hmm. Um, and one of the reasons, you know, they encouraged me to do a trade and those kind of things when I first finished school was, you know, that was that's a biblical model. Yeah. 
Then you've got uh, this one right here. My first school was Nowra Public 6th Grade. Before that, I drove the truck and tractor and did most things with sheep and cattle. Somewhere in there, Mum taught us through Blackfriars Correspondence School, we were well-rounded in education. Yes. See, this is, this is great right here. Mm-hmm. You know, the track, the tractor, learning in the bush, getting some basic three R's and then head off to school in sixth grade. And that way a kid actually gets some childhood. You're actually ready for it too. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Now I'm not saying this is going to work for everyone, Mm. but I am saying that it was fantastic for me and this person texting in right now, obviously fantastic for them as well. Tell us about your education. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so somebody's text through to uh, mention their education. uh, Raised in Madrid, then Paris then Rome, and then Australia. This is an interesting person. The minute you said Madrid, I was like, oh, okay, I'm listening. Oh, that's – I'm wondering what the differences would be in, like, all those different systems. Okay, not much of country living experience, but also not complaining. Mm -hmm. And this is something – they've raised a – this person has raised a very, very valid um, aspect of education, which I think is – is, is, is really important, and that is travel. Mm. Because travel in and of itself it's is education. Now, this particular person has obviously had, you know, just like uh, an overabundance of opportunity <laughs> uh, because that not only have they had the opportunity to travel, but they've also had the opportunity to study in other countries mm. um, as a young person growing up. That's going to come with its unique challenges, but also – it's certainly going to broaden your horizons. Absolutely. It was one of the things that I endeavoured to do. When I was a kid, you know, um, we went on a massive world trip journey uh, for three months or four months, I think. it Well, four months uh, where we actually went to school in a different country and that was Western Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, wow, where did you go? I didn't know this story. <laughs> <laughs> no, we lived, in, we lived and worked and uh, we educated in Western Australia for uh, four months and that was very broadening for my horizon as a young kid growing mm. up in the bush in Tasmania. Yeah, yeah. Um, with my kids, I endeavoured to take them overseas. Um, we did five months in the United States when they were young um, working and studying there, um, took them to yeah a few different countries, Solomon Islands, you know, to like super remote Solomon Islands, you know that that's That'd a great be a, thing, such a good experience. great thing to do with your teenagers because you know you fly out of Brisbane and and three hours later you, you land in the Solomon Islands and then another three hours from there and you are living amongst people who are living fully one hundred percent traditional lives. Mm-hmm. And it's like yesterday I was sitting in school doing dit, 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 and now I'm living in a grass hut. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's kind of normal for everybody around me, and I'm surrounded by kids my own age who have never seen a motor vehicle. Mm-hmm. Who have never ever seen a ship? Who've never even seen the ocean because they live, you know, inland in the island. Amazing, hey? Yeah, it is. It's just hard to even imagine, but fantastic education, great experience. Mm. So travel is really, really important. It's very, very broadening for kids, and I would encourage parents to, uh, yeah, get out there and, and travel with your kids as soon as um, this whole COVID thing sort of goes away. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, that's kind of changed the situation a little bit, hasn't it? It has changed the, the situation. All right. Uh, my computer has frozen. Why is my computer Brilliant. frozen? Here we go, here we go, here we go. It is coming back to life. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 11. 
Mm-hmm. You know what? While I'm going there, <coughs> I remember when I was a teenager and I so wanted to do like boarding school in one of the islands. It was never going to happen, but I just really wanted to. I think I went over there with my mum when I was like 15. We went over to Fiji and... um. I was just like, I would just love to live here. Just like, just, just let me stay. Yeah, so yeah. And actually, yeah. I, it made me so happy because so mum was a missionary's kid and she, you know, told her stories when I was growing up and I was just like so envious of her life. I was like, why aren't I a missionary? Like, why are you and daddy? This seems ridiculous <laughs> to me. And uh, I remember we got there and she wasn't sure how I'd go. Like as in, like I'd never, like I've never been to where she grew up in Vanuatu, but her best friends were um, the Fijians we saw and were over there. And... um I think we were there like three and a half weeks. And I remember at one point she just looked at me and she was like, I think you could have lived somewhere like this. I reckon you could. And I was just like, yes, I could have. (laughs) It was just like, like, you know, I missed some of the food for a couple of days, but like, I didn't want to come back. Like there was nothing about that. I wasn't like, Oh, I won't eat the food or I don't like language or I, you know, miss showering with hot water because like we we went out and stayed in a couple of the villages that just didn't have um hot water at the shower i was just like this is the best <laughs> <laughs> but i think you learn a lot i think you learn a lot as you said just about seeing different ways of living different ways of thinking in regards to situations uh-huh. and different yeah all the different dynamics i think is actually really healthy to be exposed to it is it is. I think parents should intentionally travel with their children and a developing country is a great opportunity. And if you go there with some intention rather than just tourism, yes. all the better. Oh, absolutely. One of the things I've found with travel, one of the one of the ways I, I, I love to travel the most and I used to do a, a lot of travel this way was to, you know, if I was going somebody, somewhere, I would live in someone's home and work in the community. Oh, the best. Yeah, hands down, that is the best way to do it. And you get the best experience. You don't see as much of the attractions. But you get to know the place and the people. Oh, you do. Mm-hmm. You do. It's just amazing. I'm actually, I have this little belief, um, I've started to think, that I'm actually not convinced you can know a place if you don't know its people. So when people want to do, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a problem with people doing the tourist thing. I get why tourists. Yeah, there's a time and place for it. Absolutely, but I think the more I've done a little bit of travel, the more I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you may have gone and seen the most beautiful things, but you you need to understand who the people are. Like, yeah, like you said, work in the community, stay in a family. Like, it's like I spent four days in Israel. Mm. Right, I went to all the major sites. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I loved it. I learned lots about Israel. Yes, I learned lots about the issues between Israel and Palestinians. Mm. Um, I learned about the political situation, all that kind of stuff. Four days was eye-opening. Mm. Baron Neustraten, who comes on here once a month to do our Genesis special, he lived there for a year. I. Yeah. He had friends who were Jewish. He had friends who were Palestinian. He had friends who were Christian or Jewish or Muslim. Mm. You know, he spent time in people's homes. Oh, so good. And he knows that you know his his education there and, and the research that he was able to do was you know so much different and vastly superior to my experience in that same kind of situation. Mm, absolutely. Um, where was it going? Galatians somewhere. Galatians chapter three and verse eleven. And whilst he's turning there, just a quick reminder: Hey, we'd love to hear about uh, your experience as a child growing up. Um, yeah, what kind of things did you did you learn in the bush or did you learn from school? Did you did you start? When you were three years old or four years old, mm. uh, and what was that experience like? We're sort of pro- proponents here this morning of an older start, but maybe you've got a different story to tell. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Uh, give us a text, 0491 064 or, or call us on one eight hundred three two four eight four three. 
Many. Go okay, for it. so Galatians 3 verse 11 says, So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Okay, so when we talk about the uh, – and, and, and these uh, verses are given to us to read in context with, you know, the first school that existed in the Garden of Eden. Did the law exist back then? Yes. How do you know? Lots of people say the law didn't exist until Mount Sinai. Well, we know at least some components existed beforehand. Uh, they all did. Like, yeah, I know, but we know that some of them did. Okay. Uh, th- like, yeah, because the Bible yeah. talks about the Sabbath commandment. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so we know that that was there. Um, we know that there was no intention for death before. Um, we know what are some of the other commandments? I know. We know. We, I, just, I think we know we have. I think even the fact There's that. There's one simple verse that will answer this whole question oh, okay, for you. The Bible says, where there is no law, there is no sin. Yes. Simple as that. Mm. The law was there because they sinned. Yeah. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so we have a question come through here. Um, what is the meaning in First Chronicles, mighty men of valor? Oh. Question of the day. <laughs> I'm going to blame Daylight Saving. <laughs> it's just so funny, Liam's face, and I was just like, I don't understand why you're looking at me so funny. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it all made sense. It's like, oh, the jingle, yes. <laughs> okay, so what is the meaning of the mighty men of valor? Uh, there are a number of different ways that we could look at this particular passage. First of all, um, mighty men of valor. The word valor is simply old English that means bravery. Mm-hmm. Courage, courage, and bravery, and so you've got a list of thirty-seven individuals who were basically King David's super warriors. Mm-hmm. So these were your special forces, your SAS of the ancient world. These were extremely highly trained men. Often, what you had in ancient armies was that the majority of your army was made up of. Uh, farmers and artisans who were of military age. And if you were of military age, you were expected to be able to take up a weapon and go to war. That was that was the expectation that was placed upon you. And whether you had any training or not really relied on you. <laughs> uh, this was not a time period in history when nations had standing armies who were trained. Mm. Uh, you didn't have that kind of army. You didn't have you know the discipline that comes with that. Um, tactics were made up on the battlefield. Uh, siege weapons, siege siege um, you know, machines were invented on the spot by basically you know standing around the city walls and going, okay, how are we going to get onto the inside? You didn't have a corps of engineers. You didn't have you know specialists in supply and so forth. The Assyrians were the first major nation to actually invent that level of you know have a standing army and have all the different divisions and the different departments of the army that specialized with all the different specialists. However, if you were a king, it was typical that you would have your house guards, and these were men who would be well the equivalent thereof, your, your the royal guard. Mm. And so the royal guard would be warriors. They were lifetime warriors. They were highly trained, highly skilled, and they were the kind of guys that you didn't want to mess with. <laughs> and so the 37 men listed here would have been the famous ones amongst David's um, royal guard, basically. It may have been that he only had 37 warriors as a part of his royal guard. He may have had a couple of hundred. It would be unlikely that he had more than a couple of hundred. 
And so if you had a couple of hundred, these would be the 37 most prominent. Mm. There is, you know, it lists some of the deeds that some of them did. Some of them are more famous than others. And so you've got people like um, uh, Ishbael, who's described as the leader of the, you know, the warrior of the warriors, so to speak, um, who killed 800 men in a single encounter. That by himself. That seem a lot. That seems a big amount of people. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, this is a serious warrior. You don't want to mess with this guy. Then you've got Eliezer who um, stood his ground at Pass Damon and the Israelites basically fled from the Philistines. The Philistines, there was an encounter there and, and, and the, uh, the Israelites were put to rout. He's like, no, <laughs> I'm going to stand here. Um, and he alone defeated the uh, the Philistites on on that particular occasion. Uh, then you've oh, yeah. got uh, Shamar, who is the son of Agi. Um, he kind of liked lentils because mm-hmm. the Bible says that he stood with David in a field of lentils and defended the field. Don't oh, think it had anything to do with the lentils. Nah. I think it had to do with the strategic location that the field was in yeah. or it had to do with the fact that uh, basically, once again, the Israelites had fled from the Philistines, from an overwhelming force, and uh, he was you know, attached to royals, David's royal guard, and so he was there to protect the king. Yep. And so he did. And so he and David defended the field of lentils alone, and until after the battle, they um, his hand was frozen to his sword. That's crazy, hey? Yeah, you imagine the physical exertion that, yeah. that causes that. The big question here is why David had a royal guard and why did he go to warfare so often? We are going to have to come back and talk about that tomorrow. Why is there so much warfare and bloodshed you know, in the Old Testament hmm. but not in the New? And should we or should we not be coming you know, aspiring to be a super warrior today? Is that something that uh, a Christian would aspire to be? Hmm. We're going to save that question as a follow-up question uh, for tomorrow uh, when we do part two of this one. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.